Father in heaven, we thank you for your word. Thank you for an opportunity to come before your throne of grace. We appreciate it, Lord. The word of God is precious where there is no open vision. And we know, Father, that there are many places that are shut down from your ministry of the word, from worship, all of those things. But I thank you, Lord, that you make a way for heavens to be open to us. And we're so thankful for that. We bless you and we praise you. Open up the bread of life. Feed your flock till they are full, over full. And we can live off the overflow as well. So we honor you, love you, and thank you for it. In Jesus' name, amen and praise God. Amen, amen, amen. <clears throat> so today I thought we'd talk about what's in his name. What's in his name? What's in his name? <clears throat> and uh I want to just help the body of Christ to always hold the name of Jesus in high esteem. Amen. Uh, that's not a word you throw around when you're, you want to put emphasis on something. Uh, and we'll continue to talk about that because I see many times people pick up really bad habits where the name of Jesus is concerned. The, um, Bible tells us not to take the name of the Lord in vain. And that has not only with it as a cuss word, which, you know, the world does that. But also there are times Christians will be frustrated and they'll throw his name out in expressing frustration. You understand what I'm saying? It's not for that purpose. It's not for that purpose. It's not to be used every time you get upset about something. You understand what I'm saying? Even if you're trying to pretty it up, you know, it's make it sound like a prayer. If it's used too frequently every time you want to bring emphasis to something, then you're using it in vain because that's not the purpose of it. And so we're going to talk about what's in his name. Hopefully to get people to respect it more, especially God's people. Because many times we lack power because we don't use the power tools appropriately that God has given us. And the name of Jesus is one of those power tools. Sometimes we can get familiar because we think if we're Christians, we can just kind of throw words around, throw terms around. But that is not the case. Amen. You know, if, if, you know, every time you, you, you get upset, Lord Jesus, you know, that, they don't do that. You know, I'm, I'm just telling you because that name, uh, if you knew what it cost him to get to the power that's in that name and in the granite to us, you'd be more respectful. Got me? You really would. And so I want everybody, Father, help me. To respect the name of Jesus. Amen. So that's all you do. is God will help us and get that worldly thing. You know the world is so close to us when we're in the church. <laughs> you can reach out and tip it and touch it, you know. So we have to be careful to, to always understand there's a reverence and an awe at the name. There's, uh, there's a, a response to the name. Amen. Um, there's, there's 
demons believe in the power of the name. Whereas sometimes Christians don't because we throw it around. James said demons believe and tremble. Amen. So they have a response to the name of Jesus, which is totally appropriate. They need to be scared of it. Amen. And so, and, and so we need to have a reverential awe of, of the name of Jesus. So <clears throat> we need to know that, um, I'll, I'm going to back up from where I was going to start and let you understand that the name of Jesus is very precious. Because Jesus did warfare for the right to his name. He fought a war for the right to his name. Now, you can look at the book of Revelation and and see that that war no doubt started in heaven. Amen? Just like we have to war over our identity. You know, we before we knew the Lord, we were sinners, backbiters, liars, cheaters, drunkards, dope addicts, fornicators, lesbians, homosexuals. We were everything that the enemy could accuse us of. And then that was part of our stolen identity. When God brought us back, then we had to find who we are again. That's why you read your word. That's why. So the first war that you're probably going to fight with the enemy is over your true identity. Who are we really? Well, we're children of God. Well, I sure don't feel like one because all my memories are about doing wrong and doing this. But And then you start to listen to the word, meditate on the word, and you begin to understand that there's something pure inside of you that responds when it hears child of God. That responds when it hears, I have peace with God. That responds positively when it hears that, that I am accepted in the beloved. God has a plan for me. There's a purpose to my life. There's a holy purpose. I have eternity in me. I can, and I can bless other people with eternity. Amen. And so when we start to really understand that we've been in an identity crisis in an identity war all this time and didn't really know it. Then you look in the Bible and you see where Jesus fought the same war. In Revelations, uh, um, I think it's the one in, 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 um, about the the uh, war in, in the heavenlies where it started. I'm not going to go back there because that's a whole teaching within itself. And I know we got a tape somewhere or recording somewhere of it but uh there were the bible says there was war in heaven michael and his archangels and lucifer and his and and lucifer fell like lightning from heaven well how did the war start it started when lucifer got the idea that he would exalt himself above god so he would he would take god's identity He said, they're going to call me God instead. So he fell to earth and became, he, when he fell, he was not the God of this world. Adam was. Because God had given Adam dominion on everything. And so when Adam and Eve was deceived and Adam joined her, then that's when, then Satan took over as God of this world. 
And so Jesus had to fight to remove every trace of this false identity that Satan was perpetrating. It started in heaven where he was going to be God of heaven, but he fell because of his iniquity. And then he decided he would take take dominion lordship of the earth away from the man and the woman. So Jesus warred to bring his identity back as clear, amen, but also our identity as believers in him or sons and daughters of God. So Jesus had to fight for his identity because he had left it in heaven. Everybody got that now? The Bible says that he stripped himself of all of his heavenly credentials. When he found himself in in the human flesh in a body like a man, he had left his heavenly estate, all of the the uh, authority, all of the power, everything that was there, and put himself down on our level in human form. So then everything that he did was to please the Father. The end result of that is that he was promised to have the name above every name. So Satan, even when Jesus was on the earth, the devil was still fighting for his identity. He wants to be God so bad. So he fights and fights and fights for it. First, he takes it away from the image of God. That's us. So he steals our identity. We wind up in darkness and we don't know who we are. And we're waiting on the mercy of God to lead us out of this darkness and blindness that the enemy has put on us. So then God devises a plan long before the foundation of the earth to get us back. And to establish the lordship of Jesus Christ as Lord of all. Amen. When he's challenged by anybody as to who he is and what he will do. If you will stay with him and trust him and believe him. He'll come out the winner every single time. So turn to Luke chapter 4. That's where I think we can start there and we'll be okay. So so y'all are we in agreement so far that. That of you know how we got to where we are in Luke chapter 4 verse 1 Jesus being full of the Holy Ghost that's your main identity that's where your victory is to be full of the Holy Ghost no holes no empty places no weaknesses no deficiencies full evidence speaking in tongues that's the Bible evidence I don't care what people tell you and All the stuff they say, you know, it's it's, it's just malarkey, (laughs) for lack of a better term. It says, full of the Holy Ghost, return. But see, God would have you fully empowered before you have to tackle any enemy. Return from the Jordan was led by the Spirit into the wilderness, being 40 days tempted of the devil. In those days, he ate nothing. And when they were ended, he was hungry. After the 40 days, he was hungry. That's how people can stay on fast for long periods of time. Amen. Your meat is what God gives you. He'll sustain you as long as he tells you 
to fast, he'll sustain you. But it's got to be a God-ordained thing. You know, like 40, 40 days, I don't know about you, but that scares me. As long as I'm scared, he probably ain't going to ask me to he said, I'm going to have some trouble out of her if I don't give us something. You know what I'm saying? But but being full of the Holy Spirit. See, he was full when he went up there. Then after the temptation was over, he shoots back into his regular cell. Amen? Listen, if you haven't experienced that, I have. I'm going to tell you something. You eat everything that don't move. I would, I just always like to be real attentive to God when we would have me, especially if we had all day meetings where I'd have to preach a couple times and I would eat nothing and, you know, for that morning and, and throughout the day and just to stay uh, on, on sharp and on point for the Lord. You know, I just wanted to hear from him. I, you know, I take this seriously. I'm not trying to be no celebrity. I'm not trying to be nobody. You understand other than who God made me and be his servant, his handmaid. Amen. I, one of my favorite scriptures is where Mary washes, washes her hair with his, his feet with her hair. And I said, well, Lord, if I could take a wig and just right wipe it, is that good enough? You know, <laughs> the hair just won't reach that far. But, you know, we're working on it. What can I tell you? But you know what I'm saying. I mean, it, it, those things appeal to me in my heart toward God. Because he's done so much for me. And not just that, he's God. And he puts his love in you and makes you want to love him back. You know, I mean, that kind of stuff. But anyway, um. Where was I at before that? See, I get all caught up and turned around. But anyway, oh yeah, fasting. So, so we would be on the way home from, from, um, from empowerment meeting. And a lot of times I wouldn't eat lunch. I was walking around doing stuff, whatever, whatever, you know, just the anointing will treat you a certain way. You know, your flesh responds to it a certain way and, and people just are different. And I could tell when I snapped out of myself, I mean, snapped out of God and back over into myself, I would want to eat everything in sight. And so I, and I, we, we would be on uh who would we ride with baby. We rode on, we'd be going back to Detroit. And I said, hi, don't bring any potato chips in here. Hide the potato chips. Hide this. Hide. Well, they couldn't hide everything. You know, they'd be scared and say, I don't know what this woman going to do next. So if somebody throw me some potato chips and give me a, calm down, you know, throw me a bone or something. But, but it's, it's challenging bouncing from heaven to earth to heaven to earth to heaven to earth. Amen. So that hunger will grab you. And so this is what the devil capitalizes on. So he thought he'd catch Jesus at a weak moment when he was hungry. And so and the devil came to him during that time. And he said, if you're the son of God, command this stone to be bread. Jesus continued to answer him with it is written. So your best weapon of offense is always the word of God. Jesus was in fashion as a man. So he answered the way somebody wrapped in human flesh would answer. And it's, it is written. 
you're not looking up any fancy schmancy stuff to tell the devil. You don't need to tell him anything new. Just remind him what God's already told him. Amen. Can you read? It's written. We don't do that. So the devil offered him different things. He says, took him up to a high mountain, showed him all the kingdoms of the world in a moment of time. At that time, they did belong to Satan as the god of this world. But Jesus knew that they would be his if he passed the test. So instead of taking something quickly that was already promised, he said, no, you're not going to give that to me. You're not going to give me a false identity. You're not going to give me something that the Father doesn't have ordained for me. I have all that waiting for me, but I've got to pass this test and several more as I walk on the earth as a man under the, under the authority of God, as a spirit-filled, flesh-and-blood man under the authority of God. And the test he had to pass was was the inspection. It's the same inspection they give to the lambs that are offered at the Passover. So he was working up to be examined as the perfect Passover lamb so that he could pay for the sins of the world. So he wasn't looking for title from anybody. He was looking to obey the father so that he could be inspected at the time of his crucifixion as passing the test. Amen. And so when he got to that point, as long as he had no blemish, no spot, I find nothing in this man. What do you want to put him to death for? Let me give you somebody else. Everybody that examined him found no fault in him. Even the Pharisees and the Sadducees couldn't get the witnesses to agree together against him. So he passed the spotless. Lambs were inspected as to their purity and their perfection. They couldn't have broken limbs. You couldn't take the the limping lamb and bring it as your Passover sacrifice. God wouldn't accept it. You couldn't take the lamb that was born with a blemish. God wouldn't accept it. So you had to take one that passed not only your personal inspection, but the priest's inspection too, before it was received as your Passover offering. So Jesus had to be examined faultless in everything he did. Everything. When he preached, they said, we've never, never heard it like this. He does it with authority. Even if that preaching got him in trouble, he still had to do it. Amen. He couldn't do what we do sometimes. You know how we, mm, well, they didn't like what I said. Maybe I won't say it no more. You need to say it louder. Sometimes the devil and his people are hard of hearing. And you're not trying to be antagonistic to anybody, but this is, this is a scriptural principle. If it gets you in trouble the first time, the next time you gotta be bolder. Isn't that, when didn't they establish that in the book of Acts? Our problem was we wasn't bold enough the first time. Just a thought, folks. Amen. So Jesus does warfare over his right to his own identity. 
If you think that don't make you mad and you're the son of God and you got this joker that used to work for you in heaven. He got kicked out and brought some. Uh, he only's got a, he's only got a third of the angels with him. Why are people afraid of him? Why are Christians afraid of him? Even on mere numbers, he's outnumbered. He just walks around with a megaphone and a bluff. Huh? And knows dirty stuff about our past. And we listen, huh? Like it's gonna hurt us. Your sin shouldn't have power over you anymore. The Bible already said it won't have dominion. It has no dominion over us. Why are you letting it hold memories of it hold you back from doing stuff? Huh? Say, I know devil I messed up then, but I guarantee you, I got somebody with me who can help me overcome this time. I'm not making that same mistake again. So, here Jesus says, and the devil took him up to a high mountain, verse 5. First, he wanted him to eat. (laughs) I repent, Lord. (laughs) You know what I'm saying? We we got to pass the first level test. And that's control over appetite. That's how you got Adam and Eve, through food. It's been working for a long time. So we'll be tested in that. Amen. Then he said, it's written, man shall not live by bread alone. Every word of God, the devil taking him up to a high mountain, showed him all the kingdoms of the world in a moment of time. And he said to him, I'm going to give you this power. And all of this in the glory, in other words, I'm going to make you a name. I'm making you famous because this stuff belongs to me. And it was his. But Jesus knew it was going to be a temporary thing. The devil's possession is always temporary, folks. Don't let it scare you. It's always temporary. And Jesus answered him, get you behind me, Satan, for it's written, You shall worship the Lord your God. Him only shall you serve. So when Satan's behind you, it's because God's in front of you. Amen. When you put him first, the devil has the trail behind. He has the lag behind. In other words, don't get in my face, devil. I'm serving God. Then he brought him to Jerusalem, set him on the pinnacle of the temple and said to him, Oh boy, that really ticked him off, I'm sure. That's Jesus. That's where Jesus is going to come back to when he returns to her. Amen. He owns Jerusalem right now. He proved it right here. It was in the devil's power there. And Jesus resisted him. Amen. And he tells him to go up on a high pinnacle and throw himself down from it and trust the angels to pick him up. And Jesus is like, you know, you're really stupid now. Huh? Jesus began walking through walls, disappearing when crowds wanted to kill him. Huh? All of that stuff. He walked in total divine protection. But the enemy thinks that because he catches him in a moment of weakness because of fasting, that he can manipulate him like he would any other human being. But he didn't do it. And so it says the devil left him for a season. So he kept coming back. 
Whenever he, if he can get an opportunity to work through somebody else, he'll come back. So if he came back to Jesus, he comes back to us. But we have the authority of guess what? His name. What he fought for over here, he fought for for us. He fought that battle to give us his identity and the power of his name. Amen. So we thank Jesus that he made it through Luke chapter 4 and gave us his name to use in, in instead of us having to fight back and forth and back and forth. All we got to do is say one word in the name of Jesus. Amen. In the name of Jesus. So anyway, he establishes his dominion over his own name during that time as one is highly exalted, a name above every name. So we're fighting in our identity in God. We're fighting for things above what we used to have as sinners. See, I tell you for a fact, anything that you let go of, of what you desire in the natural, God has something so much better to give you in exchange for that. You know, it's not that everything you want is wrong, but everything you want has to be, has the desire, number one, has to come from him, and he has to grant it to you. And And he develops us as he begins to answer prayers and begins to bless us. He has to develop our character and solidify our identity as sons and daughters of God while he does that. So that our witness will be appealing to people. Or people would look at us and know that we've been with Jesus like they did the disciples. There, there will be, will be a we're open letters. People read us that we belong to God. Amen. And it's a spiritual thing. It's not necessarily the way you dress. But sometimes if the way you dress is worldly, the witness is shot. So always learn to be appealing to God first and to yourself in that mirror second. Well, anyway, they like it over at the Y. <laughs> so John 5 if you'll turn there now John 5:22 Jesus talks here he this is a discourse on the relationship between him and his heavenly father Verse 19 Then answered Jesus and said unto them Truly truly I say to you The son can do nothing of himself. So that whole fight over Jesus' identity was orchestrated by God the Father. The Father set that up. The Father made sure that Jesus was fully equipped, being full of the Holy Ghost. Don't go anywhere without him. Amen. Without yielding to him, being led by him. And he says, the son can do nothing of himself but what he sees the father do. For what things soever he does, these also the son does. So the son imitates the father perfectly. So Jesus was not operating minute by minute on his own, but he had to trust the father 
to give him the right things to say and the right things to do. And we have a hard time just obeying God. Amen. But think that Jesus was the son of God, 100% capable. Amen. But he let us know the relationship between him and the father. Because he came down in the form of a man, he needed guidance. He needed instruction. He needed a blueprint. What did he say? What I see the father do, I do that. I'm not down here on my own. We don't operate separate of each other. We operate. I operate the way a really good son should. I obey my father. I don't get ahead of him. I don't try to tell him what to do. How many of us guilty as charged, right? We don't really trust God sometimes. We got our own way to do stuff. And we have to let it backfire at least 15 times before we get ahead. You understand what I'm saying? And then we keep trying, some of us. And so he says here, uh, what I see the father do, that's what I do. For the father loves the son. That's what you got to remember. God loves you. He wouldn't give you anything to do that's not right for you, beneficial for you. You can trust his love. Amen. You can trust the father's love like nobody else's love. Amen. More than a good parent. mother, More than your mother or your father, naturally speaking. And so he says, and he shows him all things that he himself does. And he will show him greater works than these that you may marvel. Amen. So the works that the father showed Jesus to do were prescribed to get our attention to know the nature of God. For no other reason. You're going to know who God is, what he's like through what Jesus presents. Because Jesus does exactly what the father does and what he shows him to do. He said, for as the father raises the dead and quickens them, so even so the son quickens whom he will. So Jesus has life-giving power in him. He said, that power that I used to raise that widow's son, you know, when he busted up the funeral and got that boy up out the casket. (laughs) I hope his mother's heart rejoiced when she heard about that if she wasn't there. Because that was a foreshadowing of what was going to happen to him. That he would die, but he would be raised from the dead. Amen. Praise God. He says, as, as, and quickens them, even so the son quickens whom he will. For the father judges no man. Um, but has committed all judgment to the son. So Jesus starts out being the judge of good and evil. Does that sound familiar? That's the tree that got Adam and Eve in trouble. Amen. So now authority, the, the son that God spoke of, in the garden and promised to Adam and Eve, said, you will have a son who will do what? The devil will will bite his head, heel, but he will bruise the devil's head. So that means he will judge the devil. In other words, somebody's going to come along and judge this guy that did you wrong. 
And so we should be looking forward to that. Amen. Man, I love the day that came when I got saved because I got out from under the devil's power. And God started to help me and I started to show the devil what was what. He couldn't run over me anymore. Couldn't tempt me and be successful anymore. He couldn't make me do, couldn't make me scared of him, make me do whatever he wanted me to do. That's judgment, folks. The Bible says that the church has the authority to carry out the written judgments against the enemy. Amen? There are judgments that are written in the Bible that we carry out. Amen? We are redeemed from the curse of the law. No sickness shall come near our dwelling. Those are judgments, folks, against sickness, hell, death, Satan, and the grave. So we carry them out. They're written already. Amen? They're written down for us to look at and say, "Uh uh-uh, devil, we're not receiving sickness here. You don't leave that here. We're redeemed from the curse of sickness. And in the name of Jesus, we take authority over you and command you to leave here and take that with you. That's a written judgment, folks. That's an arrest warrant against him. Where you don't have to put up with that. You can tell him any time to take a hike. Even when you smell like he might be around. Devil, I smell something funny. I know that's you. You get out of here, Jesus. You understand what I'm saying? Be that kind of Christian. Don't don't be somebody who lets him inch up closer and closer. So uh uh get back. You ain't welcome here. All authority is committed to the son and he's given it to his bride. Says for the father judges no man but has committed all judgment unto the son that all men should honor the son. When we execute written judgments against the devil, um, uh, we are honored. Amen. That's an honor to be able to tell the devil to go take a hike. Amen. To me, to be honored means he has to respect it. So he that honors not the son does not honor the father that sent him. Whoever doesn't honor a servant of God, God does not honor them. Amen. Whoever doesn't honor you when you, when you do things in the name of the Lord, God does not honor that person. Amen. And so it's always good to remember that honor begets honor. When we honor God, he honors us. And we are not lightly esteemed, folks. Trust me. God is waiting at every moment. His eyes run to and fro across the whole earth, looking for somebody to show himself strong on their behalf. So he's looking for you. If you need help, he's looking for you. Amen. He says, truly, truly, I say to you, he that hears my word and believes on him that sent me, has everlasting life. So you got to believe on the Father and the Son. And shall not come into condemnation, but is passed from death to life. Truly, truly, I say to you, the hour is coming and now is when the dead shall hear the voice of the Son of God and that, and they that hear shall live. Amen. So the departed souls were soon to hear the voice of the Son of God. Whereas the Father has life in himself, so has he given to the Son to have life in himself. Now this was something that angered the Pharisees because they thought 
they were uh, believing the father but didn't receive Jesus. So he had to correct that and put that in check. Uh-uh. I'm the son, I'm the son, I don't do anything out apart from the father. The father and I are one. If you believe on him up there, you gotta believe me too, cause he sent me. Amen? And so he clears up people's confused thinking about, uh, 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 we are sons of Abraham, heirs of Abraham, and all that kind of stuff. Yeah, but you gotta believe on the son of God too, or you will not be saved. So he says the father has life in himself. So he has given to the son to have life in himself and hath given unto him authority to execute judgment also because he is the son of man. So Jesus said, I got a dual role. I'm the son of God and the son of man. See the as sons of, of the son of man uh, in, in capital S means the only begotten son. But the Pharisees saw themselves as executing judgment as well because if they were priests and they were ministers, they could execute certain judgments uh, to, to carry out God's law. In other words, if your neighbor stole your ox or your goat or something like that, you would go to the elders at the gate and they they were able to judge and had authority to judge. Jesus says, my authority is greater than that. Oh, boy. You might as well told him they're fired for life. And they were. Because here was a higher judgment coming into the earth to replace their weak judgment. They weren't good judges anyway. You pay one of them under the table, you could get anything you wanted. They weren't honest people. If you, if you took your animal in exchange for, for a sin or as an offering for your sin or, or a trespass or whatever it was, they might accept it and they might say, nah, this one ain't right. I got another one. I'll sell you. That's why Jesus overturned the, the tables, folks. They were stealing and cheating the people. Got me? You raised this lamb. You, you petted it. You, you pick from all the lambs in your 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 uh, flock. You brought it as your offering and your sacrifice, and they turn it down. Oh, but yeah, I got one here. I'll sell you for nine ninety nine. The same cheating devil is in the church now, folks. Come on now, it ain't nothing new. You give an offering so-and-so and such-and-such, you get such-and-such. God says, give as you purpose in your heart to give. You don't have to. You understand what I'm saying? Now, I'm not saying it's wrong to do that. Sometimes people need to suggest an amount because they have a budget to meet. And if you're receiving, you know, you're, you're, you're compelled to give. But you gotta have peace in your heart about doing these things. Can't be pushed to do them. Amen? So, and, and not everybody can believe for the return. So you get the return you believe for. I don't care how much you give. So, you know, and sometimes people can. I mean, that's fine, but, but let's just understand a lot of leaven in something. You know what leaven is? It's the, the human, the fleshly add to, to make it taste better. Amen. It's not good. So 
the father has life in himself, so he is given to the son to have life in himself. And he has given him authority to execute judgment also because he is the son of man. And he said, don't marvel at this because he could see they were in shock. For the hour is coming in the which all that are in the grave shall hear his voice and shall come forth. They that have done good to the resurrection of life and they that have done evil to the resurrection of damnation. So that's your heaven and your hell right there. He says, I can of mine own self do nothing as I hear I judge. And my judgment is just because I sent not my will. Woo! You can see some Pharisees dropping dead. Jesus said, my judgment is just because I don't seek to do my own will. In other words, I have nothing to gain by judging one way or the other. I do the will of the Father. Whereas all the 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 uh, mere men that were judging did according to what they wanted to do. They judged according to their own will, even though they had a written law and God could help them judge fairly. Remember the widow that went to the unjust judge? That wasn't some some sinner, you know, some Baal worshiper. That was a a, a member of, of God's people sitting at the city gates, ready to take a bribe to judge in somebody else's favor. And she kept going back, kept going back, kept going back. Why does she have to keep going back? Because the only thing that she didn't bring, she didn't have the right amount of money for the bribe. And he said, I got to help this lady because she's going to wear me out. She found a key for how to get justice. Well, Jesus is not like that. He said, ask anything in my name. You got it. I'm not an unjust judge. You don't have to keep banging, banging, banging and banging. Amen. Now we do it, you know, we get all emotional and forget <laughs> or we go and we not really in faith and keep, keep going. One of them times you go hit it right. You'll be in faith. One of them times you go back. But, but even an unjust person, God can change their minds and their hearts. And so he says his, his judgment is true because he doesn't act in his own will, but the will of the father which has sent me says, if I bear witness of myself, my witness is not true. There is another that bears witness of me. And I know that the witness, which he witnesses of me is true. So, so God, the father confirms what Jesus, he's not operating on his own. That's what he's letting him know. He says, I'm a minister. I'm a prophet. I'm a priest, but I'm not here operating on my own. The Father is guiding me every step of the way. So he separates himself from the mere men that are working for God at that time. He's different, and he allows them to know what the difference is. Amen? Okay, so all judgment is given to the Son. That's established. So he will be honored as the father is honored. Amen. Whoever does not honor the son does not honor the father who sent him. That's where the Pharisees messed up. They kept claiming Abraham is our father and and God's our father. And we are under father God and all that kind of stuff. Yeah, but if you don't receive his son, 
most human beings would be offended if if you went over to somebody's house for dinner and they told, oh, don't bring your, don't bring your, <laughs> don't bring your kids. <laughs> they might think it, they shouldn't say it, but you're offended. You say, well, I'm not going either. Amen. You got to honor what I love. That's just normal. So they were rejecting Jesus and calling themselves honoring the father. And Jesus says, y'all lying out there. You ain't honoring the father if you reject me. He also says, whoever believes in his word and trusts in the father through him has eternal life. So it comes through both. Whoever shall confess with his mouth the Lord Jesus Christ and believe that God the Father raised him from the dead, he shall be saved. Amen. Jesus sits in judgment as a perfect man over mankind. Amen. He's a perfect man, and that's what allows him to judge over mankind. Amen. So all judgment now is passed from the Father to his Son. Why? Because Jesus earned the right to be judge of all. He passed the Father's test. Everything that was was put before him, he obeyed the Father in it. He says, I do what I see the Father do. Amen? That's why many times he would spend so many hours apart from the disciples and from the multitude to spend time with the Father, mapping out what he would do getting instruction direction all of that this this isn't just some something to say and you don't see evidence that that happened you see evidence that he took time away to be with the father he took time away to pray just as a man would pray to god in heaven amen and so it it it's We can see the example, the evidence. You see everything that every word that Jesus speaks is truth. He's got facts. He's got uh, situations. He's got, um, uh, um, you know, pictures of how he operated through the scriptures where we can look and see, well, he went apart to pray. Oh, he went up there to pray. He stayed behind so that he could pray. He did all of those things so that he could get valid instruction from the Father. Amen. Jesus has, verse 28, where he talked about, Marvel not at this, for the hour is coming in the which that all in the grave shall hear his voice. And 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 he would judge the the just from the unjust. And so resurrection power, and the ability to judge to eternal life or to eternal damnation is resident in Jesus. Those in the tombs will hear his voice and come out either to the resurrection of life or of eternal damnation. Verse 37, he seeks the will of the Father so that he has perfect judgment. So the key to eternal life is in him as God's son, amen, as the son that the father approves of 100%. Because no fault was found in him as as the earth judged him. No fault was found in him. Then, Then he was sent as a blameless 
spotless, sinless man, and that made him the perfect offering for sin. Amen. So, so he passed every test that the Father put before him. Philippians 2, <clears throat> what else is in his name? Where there, there is the power of reverence and honor in the name. That name itself has the power of reverence and honor. Let me turn there. Philippians 2. Starting in verse 9, I think it is. Let me go back a little bit because <clears throat> verse 1. If there be therefore any consolation in Christ, if any comfort or love, any fellowship of the Spirit, if any uh, bowels and mercies or, or, or um, deep mercy, Fulfill ye my joy that you be like-minded. In other words, Paul is saying this, you will make me very happy if you will think like this. Having the same love, one love, remember, being of one accord and of one mind, let nothing be done through strife and vainglory. Man, if there is, if that isn't a now word for the church, but in lowliness of mind, let each esteem the other better than themselves. Huh? It's a toughie. You know, being in human flesh, it's a challenge, but it's not one that can't be mastered if you train yourself. See, a good way to train yourself to esteem that person more highly than yourself is to recognize that God will give you a reward for doing it. Other than that, you'll feel like, you know, a, a, a doormat or something. You know, it gets perverted in our thinking sometimes. But it, this should always be our motivation to please God. This is something that pleases God when we esteem the other person more highly than ourselves. Amen. And I'm talking about a godly esteem. I'm not saying out of fear of somebody, you want to give them everything just to pacify them and please them. You're not buying anything here, but you're allowing God to enter into your interactions with people. Amen. This is how God interact, you know, gets involved in our interactions. And he said, don't let anything be done through strife or vainglory, but in lowliness of mind, let each esteem the other better than themselves. Look not every man on his own things, but every man also on the things of others. In other words, don't be possessive, stingy, greedy. Amen. So let this mind be in you. He said, in order to do that, you got to let this mind, you got to change your mind. Let this mind, take on the mind of Christ, in other words. Meditate on the word. Get yourself, get your mind filled with the word. He says, who being in the form, who being in the form of God thought it, it not robbery to be equal with God, but made himself of no reputation. So while he was in heaven, he was in the form of God and it was cool. It was not an overstepping of his position. He was equal and he knew it and he had peace about it. But he, what he did 
was he left himself that in heaven, made himself of no reputation, took upon him the form of a servant, and was made in the likeness of men. And being found in the form of a man, he humbled himself and became obedient unto death. Woo! That'll kill some people. Even the death of the cross, a shameful, undeserved death. Wherefore, God also has highly exalted him. In other words, God didn't let that be in vain. That wasn't for nothing. That wasn't just something to do. And it's the same way with us. If we'll let that mind be in us, we'll be exalted in due season. Jesus had to work, wait for his due season. He lived 33 years as a human being. So he had 33 years waiting for his due season, we can say. Most of us, and we wait a month and we ready to climb the walls. Huh? Where is it, God? What's wrong, God? What? Or we go religious. What am I doing wrong? Well, you're in doubt and unbelief, number one, but God loves you too much to tell you that. He just waits till you cool down. He said, yeah, she'd be okay in a couple of days, maybe a month. <laughs> no, but you know what I'm saying. He just allows us to let that emotion dissipate. And then he'll do something to show us how much he loves us, bring us back. He's always wooing us back to him. He says, and he humbled himself to the death of the cross And what was due him was that God highly exalted him. He says, wherefore God also has highly exalted him and given him a name which is above every name. That at the name of Jesus, every knee should bow on all three dimensions. Things in heaven, in earth, under the earth. And every tongue in every place should confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. So, there is this name that he earned through his obedience is highly exalted. In fact, uh, uh, I think it is Peter who goes on to say, that there is no name above that name. That that name is above every name. In heaven, earth, and under the earth. Where else you gonna go? Outer space? It's, it's over every name up there too. You got me? Every heaven, every dimension of heaven, every space, outer space, <coughs> above and over the earth, everywhere. So, Jesus, um, um, I'm sorry, every knee must bow. In other words, everything that's living, alive, amen, every demon, every human. So this is an exalted name. When a name is exalted by God, there is a purpose to it. Jesus' exalted name is full of purpose. God doesn't do anything just to do it. You know, this is my son. I've given, he could have done, if he just wanted to hang a name on him, he could have bypassed the cross and everything else and just named him something. 
Don't you name your children? Most parents do. You just give them a name you want them to have. But this name has purpose to it because it was conferred on him after he passed certain tests. Amen. Once it's conferred on you, after you have proven yourself, amen, then that name has purpose. It has God's purpose in it. The fact that it was, that name was reserved until the son had fulfilled everything that God wanted him to fulfill. Amen. He says, and God has highly exalted him. Amen. He was exalted before because he had dominion over the devil. He had, he passed every test and he got more and more exalted the more that he did. The people exalted him. They could see it then. The father was pleased with him at everything that he did. And he received the just reward as he went along. But there was one last test that he had to pass so that he could be highly exalted and given that name above every name. That at the name of Jesus, with nothing added to it. See, when he walked the earth, he was Jesus of, hello, Nazareth, amen. Now he's Jesus, period. Hey, I like this God. Huh? Jesus of Nazareth died on the cross. He's been raised and highly exalted and given a name above every name. That at the name of Jesus, period, things in heaven, things in the earth, things under the earth. When you call on Jesus, you'll say Jesus of Nazareth, he died. He was raised up and given a name above every name. So this name is a name highly exalted. Amen. Highly exalted. It can't be fought on any level. There's nothing that can resist it. No name that's above it. Nothing you can give in exchange for it. It's highly exalted. God put it there. When God puts it there, no man can remove it. No demon in hell can remove it. Nobody can remove it. All they can do is bow to it, respect it, honor it, and obey it. So that name has great purpose down here on earth for us. This is an exalted name. Don't drag it down. The purpose of his name is to exercise dominion in heaven and earth and under the earth. So whenever we have to fight something that's bigger than us, somebody who has a purse strings to your bank loan, That you're asking for. You use the name of Jesus in your prayer. Father, I thank you that 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 loan is mine in the authority of the name of Jesus. That name is above every name. I need a name that's going to move that banker's hand. And in the name of Jesus. And while you added, have him add some more zeros to that loan if I need it. Oh, yeah. 
that name has purpose to work on your behalf, to work for your good. All authority in heaven and earth is in that name. It's given to him and then he gave it to us. Like my dear late husband. Well, baby, you know everything I got is yours. I say, you better believe it. Because I'm a believer. I am not a doubter. Huh? Thought he'd hide a few things for me. But the Holy Ghost. Hey! Huh? But if you're married to somebody, you got, got what you need. You know, people think half. No, I'm going for all. There you go. Why not all? Huh? Why not all? We're joint heirs with him. Jesus is not a co-signer to your shenanigans. You're joint heirs with him. Amen. He has given you keys to the kingdom. Whatever you allow is allowed. Whatever you don't allow is not allowed. Start allowing the right things in your life and refusing the wrong thing. Amen. And, and, and you'll walk like he walked in the earth. But his name is highly exalted. I mean, it's above every name. So the purpose of the name is to exercise dominion in heaven, earth, under the earth, all three places. Whereas when we were sinners, we're accustomed to not having dominion. Sometimes things work, sometimes they didn't. Or they def, we definitely didn't have dominion for kingdom purposes. We didn't have kingdom access before we were born again and blood bought. Now we do. We can pray and ask for good and we'll get good. We'll get the blessing and not the curse. Whereas before you didn't know what was going to happen. You went to do things. Amen. You tried to go and borrow money to get a clunker car and was nervous. Wasn't sure you'd get it. I'm telling the truth. That's the way I lived. We're never certain about anything. Now, I can, can seek God about things. That's the key, folks. You gotta seek God. You know, you're joint heirs. You're not running around here with, with Jesus' credit card behind his back. Oopsie. Bad wife, bad wife. Well, I had my own credit card. <laughs> joint heirs. <laughs> it was funny when we went somewhere. I said, you know, it, well, all right, this is female trick number, where are we up to, 3,000 now? We're up in four digits, but I remember going somewhere, and and we, my husband was with me, and, you know, this is female trick number one, don't take him shopping with you, I don't care how nice he is about it, we go go to dinner, and I don't go, don't do that, but anyway, I digress, but, uh, uh, we needed a credit card, and, and the the guy said, "Well, I can look it up." And he, uh, you know, and I said, "Oh, okay." I said, "Oh, I remember the number." So and so, I ripped off them ten numbers, and, and he looked at me shocked, and I said, "Uh oh, 
need to pull those numbers back in my mouth. And I said, I said, baby, you know how my brain is? It just works like that. Of course, it works in a selective way, but I didn't let me not having plastic stop me from doing nothing. You understand what I'm saying? You get close enough to them numbers and they'll ask you a social security number. They look it up. Y'all good. Well, anyway, you can laugh, ladies. You know, down, down, bad flesh, <laughs> down, bad flesh. <laughs> it's called survival. How do you think I was able to get meals on the table and all the stuff we needed? Blah, 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 blah. So anyway, uh, but, but, um, you know, we, we have joint airship with Jesus, which means that as he leads us into the things that we desire, they're automatically ours. See, if he opens the door to it, that means it's yours. So what do we use to open a door? We use our faith, but it's his faith, actually. So he gives us his faith to open doors so that we can receive the things that he's promised to us. That's what a joint heir is. Whatever you desire, believe you receive it when you pray, and and it'll happen. It'll come to pass. You'll get it. So he honors us because we believe on him by blessing us with the things we desire. It's amazing the things that Jesus has laid up for us. We just have become a little sloppy about how to go about receiving those things. Amen. Receive them by faith. This is all you got to do is ask me. I'll give you anything. I'll empty out the bank account for you. Nothing is impossible. Nothing's off limits. We're only limited to what we believe. So when I said empty out bank account, People go into doubt in their brain. But start enjoying that thought. Start rejoicing at that thought. Amen? You know, in the natural, you'd have to twist your husband's arm at least 10 years. You know what I'm saying? Come on now, ladies. You know the drill. And rightfully so, because God put him in charge. Or you'd be on the street somewhere, you know, over a suit you want to have or something else you want to have. So, you know, it's all good. Don't hold any grudges against nobody. Right? Somebody say amen. Come on, girls, get with me. <laughs> so the purpose of the name is to exercise dominion in heaven and earth and under the earth. We barely had dominion over our own households most of the time. But now, in Christ, it's expanded. Amen? Heaven and earth and under the earth. As judge, everybody is subject to have to obey. They have to obey that name. Whenever his name is mentioned in purpose, with purpose, with the purpose of God and not in vain, Everything and everybody under the authority of that name must obey. I don't care how stubborn the devil seems to be. He's got to obey. Amen. 
in 2 Timothy 2.19. Get to the T's. says, nevertheless, the foundation of God stands sure, having this seal. The Lord knows those that are his. Amen. So you can't take anybody's salvation away and you can't confer salvation on anybody. Amen. The Lord knows those that are his and let everyone that names the name of Christ depart from iniquity. So that's how you know who's his. They depart from iniquity. Amen. And so when we understand that the name of Jesus compels purity, it compels purity. You must live a holy life if you're going to name him as your savior and as your Lord. You know, people say things, well, I'm saved and they live any kind of way. Well, we need to pray for them to understand that that the name of Jesus compels purity. So when you have him living in your heart, he's directing you the right way to go. He's directing you to holy living by the power of the Holy Spirit. There are no two ways about it. And so keep praying for these people that claim they, they know the Lord and they're not living right. Hopefully they'll get on the right road. Amen. Before they leave this earth. But that name compels purity. If it has authority in all three realms, it must compel the people who name his name to live and depart from iniquity. Amen. Just leave it alone. Hebrews says, while it is said today, if you will hear his voice, harden not your hearts as in the day of the provocation. So in, in the day when you, oh, I'm sorry. I'm, wait a minute. Hebrews 13, 15. I'm sorry. Hey, the word is good anytime. <laughs> 13, 15. Sorry about that. It says by him, therefore, by Jesus, Always through him, highly exalted name, highly exalted now, highly exalted everywhere. That that title of the highest has been conferred upon him. You ever hear some people want to boast in themselves? Um, and and this is a sign of of demon influence in people. When they get, they, they start to boast. Uh, Muhammad Ali, I am the greatest. And you know, a devil, a devil tells you to say that kind of stuff. Now that ain't even normal. You understand what I'm saying? For a human being who knows they're a human being, that's not even normal. He didn't have a normal life. A lot of ups and downs, false religion, um, controversies, 
Parkinson's disease in his life. People don't really know it if, if it was, um, genetic or, you know, generated Parkinson's, but, or it was a side effect of psychotropic medication. There are drugs. He seemed, now I was a psych nurse, but I was also a patient too, but don't count that against me. That makes me an expert in both areas. But he seemed manic depressive to me. Not very well controlled. See, people can do things to mess your life up. Because as a boxer, he probably wasn't allowed to have those drugs in his system, even though they might have helped his mental condition. But the way he would speak sometimes and rhyming and that, I'd give people shots when I was a psych nurse if they did that. Now, you know, call me a whatever you want to call me, but once you recognize that, you don't quite ever lose that and think it's normal. You understand what I'm saying? And um, some of his behavior to me rang of manic depressive illness. In fact, a lot of it. Where he couldn't stop talking. We go on an interview and he just take the interview over. Inappropriate behavior. Uh, he had an interview with Howard Cosell, who really admired him and opened a lot of doors for him. And Howard Cosell was an older gentleman. He wore a toupee, and Muhammad Ali tried to take it off of him right on camera. That's inappropriate behavior. You understand what I'm saying? And so I don't doubt that probably throughout his career, he should have been medicated. But I don't know, maybe the Boxing Association would allow that in his system, but they don't allow you to have many drugs and, and still meet the requirements. They're very restrictive. Thank you. And so these things you look at, but when you start saying you're the greatest, there's judgment there. Because the name above every name will compel you to bow to it at some point. You understand what I'm saying? And so when we, when, when you think about these things, that title of being exalted is so off limits for normal human beings. Sometimes we're reluctant to even let people compliment us or try to encourage us, you know. When you get a compliment from somebody, it's pretty much to encourage you. Amen. When you do the right thing. But the human, normal human soul is so reluctant to try and touch that. See, that's, that's an area your soul doesn't need to touch, want to touch, and wants to stay away from, you know. And so you just humbly thank people for their encouraging word to you and keep it moving. Amen. Um, it's just that way. But when you seek people, John Lennon once said the Beatles were more, um, what do you say, more popular than Jesus Christ. And he got a bullet in the head. In fact, most of his life after that, he was afraid to go out of his apartment because he knew somebody was going to shoot him one time when he went out there. So the devil showed him pictures of what was coming to him. You understand what I'm saying? So it doesn't end well for people who exalt, try to take that name. Mm-mm, you don't get it. It's way above every name. So it's so high above, you can't even reach, get close to it. Amen? 
So there is reason that God gave us that name to, to use as our authority in the earth is because nothing can touch it. It stands far above every name. Far above. So say with me, Father God, I will exalt the name of Jesus. I will not use it in vain because it is highly exalted. Amen. Amen, amen, amen. Praise God. Amen. Amen. Okay, why don't we stop for the day? Did I have some left over, Miss Vicky? A minute or two? I did. <laughs> I was hoping I had something in the bank, you know. Yeah. So you put yours up at five minutes. So you don't have to keep up with that, Miss Vicky. I, I'm going to be a good girl. Yeah. I appreciate it. I appreciate it. Amen. All right. Why don't we do our declaration? I don't have Rona. And she don't have me. I can't get Rona. And she can't get me. And I thank you, Father. That by the stripes of the highly exalted Jesus, the name above all names, no other name can touch. We are healed. Amen, amen, and amen. It is so decreed. Amen. Praise God. Praise God.